Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and the gang's all here. We're talking to Tim and Krishna. We're doing our first Basketball uh, Index NBA Power Rankings of the season. Uh, Tim, Krishna, how you doing? Good, good. I'm doing well, Taylor. It's good to have the whole group together. Uh, Y'all have been doing some great work with the pods, giving me some time to enjoy other things. Uh, But I am happy to be back. I I know you were upset that we didn't argue enough uh, previously, so I'm I'm back with a vengeance. I brought a bad attitude, and I'm I'm here to disagree with you about some NBA teams. Well, we have been arguing behind the scenes about these power rankings for like the last 45 minutes before we hit record. So uh, hopefully, you still have a little bit left in the tank. I think this is actually the first episode we've, we've all done, done together. Well, yeah, I was us. about to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it only took you know whatever a year and a half, but but we did it. Um, so we came up with our basketball index NBA power rankings. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the teams. We're going to start from the bottom. We're going to go to the top uh, individually through uh, every team. We also have them in rough tiers. So basically what we did is we had each of us uh, go through, rank every team blind, and then we put it all together in a spreadsheet. We averaged it out, and then we uh, ended up kind of figuring out what we wanted the rough first edition of the power rankings to be. Uh, we both, or we all, had a little bit of a uh, you know, different idea. We had the same general idea of what we were trying to accomplish, but we had, you know, obviously our own opinions and, and the way we think about things. So, Tim, let's start with you. Just sort of your your general idea for how you put these rankings together. Sure. Okay. So, uh, I mean, we've had some lengthy dis- discussions previous to doing this as to what we were hoping to have out of this, and I tried to interpret that the best I could. And I've ordered teams based on the what they what they've shown us this season uh i guess a little bit is what i was anticipating going into the year but it's primarily like here's how they've been playing this year generally i think power rankings are usually shorter term maybe like here's what's happened in the last week or two we're looking at the season as a whole uh we're not trying to look too far ahead or zoom too far out discussions as to like you know which teams have realistic title chances would include fewer than 30 teams so that's less exciting and there'd be less movement week to week or month to month and uh discussing who's built best for the playoffs or who would be who in a playoff series i think that's also a different discussion the the playoffs are a different game than the regular season so i'm looking at who has been best in the regular season so far with you know i i have my priors what i was anticipating going into the year and you know looked at the data i've watched a lot of the games I mean, I haven't, I certainly haven't watched all 30 teams equally. I've watched a lot more Lakers games than anyone else uh, or than any other team, but that's, that's generally how I've put together my list. And, oh, sorry. I should also say, like, I looked at uh, the strength of schedule info that Krishna shared. I took a look at injuries. Some of these teams, you know, they've been about the same, two teams about the same, but one team's been missing their, their best players for like half the year uh, and they've played a harder schedule. So you know, maybe I boost them up in an instance like that. I also had an eye towards, you know, who's playing really well right now over the past like 10 games, who hasn't. Didn't let any of those factors individually move teams too high or too low, but I thought it was good to incorporate as much information as possible when putting these together. And that's how we've gotten to the result of what I have here today. 
Well, for the record, Tim, no one has watched more Laker basketball than you. I think like the video coordinators for the Lakers have actually watched less than you because you have gone through and logged every single play that they have run. Um, uh, Krishna, what, what was your kind of idea putting this together? Yeah, so uh, I think my process was pretty similar to Tim's, but um, I did, I, I think, well... <laughs> Maybe I was a little inconsistent, but I did weigh, I did try to weigh, like, factor in preseason, like, my preseason expectations a little bit, I guess. Um, And, you know, that, I I think there's probably two teams primarily that maybe got boosted up based on that. Um, And, but, you know, I, the things I kind of tried to also look at were like, and, and some of this has to do with, like, where you might end up or like process stats, like shot quality. So like, are you getting good shots um, and are you preventing good shots? So that was something I was kind of taking into account um, when I was looking, when I was ranking uh, these teams. And then I also did like, this is kind of, as Tim said, a separate discussion, but I did like, uh, I have (laughs) in my little spreadsheet here, I have a column that says updated prior. And basically what that is, is like, so like before the season, I think like we have our idea of like what tiers each team are in. And I basically went through the list and updated like, okay, so do I think this team has, you know, moved uh, up a tier or are they in the same tier? And uh, I, I kind of added that in and, you know, there weren't too many teams. I don't think that have changed tiers for me, but um, I will probably mention uh the you know mention the ones that did so uh yeah so basically what i did is i took two fingers my index finger my middle finger i placed it on my neck and then i looked at each team and then whatever my pulse said was basically where i ranked them so i think we all three had really really solid ideas on how to do this how to throw this together so we threw it all in a spreadsheet we averaged it out and let's start from the bottom our bottom tier and our bottom team uh the san antonio spurs uh we all had them near the bottom i had them a little bit higher i think keldon johnson i think devin vassell look to be pretty solid building blocks uh for the future uh yakim Pertle could get moved at the deadline if he doesn't and they re-sign him again think he's really a solid big man and uh you know they're they're a few years away and there's gonna be a lot of player developments and tim what are, you, what are your thoughts on the spurs yeah they have some exciting guys uh josh richardson is also a decent basketball player he had some shooting a little bit of playmaking defensively he's been used as a wing stopper so it's not like they're hiding him on that end so there's some value there with him uh jeremy sohan is someone who's come into the league and been a really interesting guy because defensively He's super versatile. He'll take on really tough matchups, but offensively, his game is incredibly raw. So he's a more of a project offensively, but an interesting guy. Uh, Trey, Trey Jones is someone I've seen you tweet about. Uh, he's he's a very good playmaker. So there are some interesting pieces here. This team is not close to being a good team. This is a team that just lost to the. I watched the Lakers beat them three times in like six days. Uh, so <laughs> I've gotten a good chance to see them a lot. And I wouldn't say they're being like optimized the best or utilized the best, but it's definitely a, you know, develop your guys, put them in situations to improve and then, you know, tank, <laughs> go get Wemby, maybe make a trade. Uh, McDermott, Richardson, Pirtle are the guys that I'd have an eye on from a trade standpoint. But, uh, you know, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, some of these other, you know, ancillary players 
uh, more from a development standpoint, because I, I do think there are pieces here that they would want to hang on to long term. Christian? Uh, yeah, so for me, um, I'm, I'm just going to bring up a few stats I noticed with the Spurs. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of looked at the shot quality and, and like the process. And in addition to that, kind of like the three-point percentage luck, uh, you know, or the defensive three-point percentage luck. And so the Spurs have the worst three-point opponent three-point field goal percentage in the league. And so that's something that actually should kind of regress back uh, a little bit more to the mean. So uh, might be getting a tad unlucky on defense. Um, although, you know, bad teams do tend to be, like bad defenses do tend to be worse in terms of opponent three-point percentage than uh you know, good defenses, but that's still, you would still expect that to regress uh, a tiny bit. And actually the, their percentage on opponent three point percentage allowed is like significantly higher than the, than the second worst team. So um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to Detroit. Uh, we had them collectively as the 29th best team in the league. Um, I don't have a lot to say about them. I feel like it's almost like a stock market thing. They're in an accumulation phase where it's like they just need to have time pass so they can continue to add players through the draft. Yeah, that sounds about right. They, Cade has been missing for like half the season for them, and he's their best, most exciting, most promising guy in his his second year. He's had a pretty good year so far when he has played. Jay Nivey, the rookie out of Purdue, he's been a lot of he's such a fun guy to watch offensively a good playmaker he gets to the rim pressures the rim and finishes well once he's there he's flashed from shooting so he and Kate are going to be a fun duo with this group Killian Hayes has been someone who's surged a bit more recently so they've, they've got some exciting guys they also have Bojan Bogdanovic who is a, a someone that a lot of people were confused about like why they acquired him uh he might be someone they look to flip potentially uh but this is a, a team like you said Taylor that is just looking to accumulate talent develop talent and kind of like San Antonio you know some of these guys they want to keep around long term some of these guys I think they're just going to cycle through next year or the year after that but then there are also players like Alec Burks or Bogdanovich or I don't know maybe Corey Joseph they look to try to flip at some point during the season Christian uh don't have too much to add outside of uh Ivy looks like an exciting uh prospect for uh, certainly seems to have a pretty good rookie year so far for a, I mean, considering he's a rookie, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering like that, that looks like that could be a really good pick and perhaps like a good pillar next to um, Cade and uh, maybe possibly Wemby. Um, but we shall that would, uh, I think that would fit. Yeah, I think uh, pretty much seems like anything would fit around Wemby. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Houston. They were our 28th team. Um, th they're sort of like Detroit in my mind. They're just a little further along in the process where it's like you have young guys, you have Jalen Green, you have Shangun, and they seem to be intriguing offensive players, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, but you just need some more time for kind of the, uh, the chili to, you know, they say like chili is better the next day. Like you just kind of need everyone to get to know each other in the pot. Uh, Tim, what, what's your take on this team? I haven't had an opportunity to watch a whole lot of them. I know they're, they're bad. They also have some interesting young guys. 
Uh, they've played a, certainly a, a tougher strength of schedule than the two teams that we've covered so far, but this is also a team that's losing a bunch of games, and I think they'll be happy as long as they're able to keep getting minutes for some of these guys, maybe look to move Eric Gordon, who's had a, a decent year so far, and uh, stay within that, what is it, like 14% chance at Wemby, given the, the the you know bottom handful of teams in the league. So I think they're about where they want to be. Uh, and and they've seen some steps forward with with some of the guys on this team, like Jalen Green, uh, KPJ, Jabari Smith has had some ups and some downs, but they're another one of these accumulating teams. And then Shangun is is someone who continues to you know be challenging because he's got some really neat, exciting parts of his game, but then he's also like not a good anchor big. Uh, and doesn't space the floor, and his versatility is questionable. And so he's got some, like, I don't know. They need to figure out what what he is and what he can be because he's someone that I'm not really sure how to evaluate because he's, he's either really high or really low in most leaderboards. Yeah, they need uh, maybe some people to play defense too. Uh, Christian, what's your take? I uh, don't have much to say outside of the fact that they had the six hardest schedule so far. And I also heard a quote from Jokic a few games back where he was talking about how they should be running the offense more through Sangoon. So that's all I got. <laughs> I, I saw that quote too, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so this is the last team, Orlando. So this is the bottom tier. It's our sixth tier. Um, these are the bottom five teams. This would be what the I think you 20th... missed one. What about Charlotte? Oh, sorry, Charlotte. My bad, yeah. Uh, Charlotte uh, up next. They are our... 27th team and uh they are not very good i think my only note on them is they have lamello ball on their roster they're, they're better than this uh, lamello's missed like 18 games 19 games rosier's missed a good bit of time they have more good pieces than these other teams we've spoken about maybe not all of them are like have as much potential or longer term future building block super young guys but this is a team that does have some young or uh, like prime age kind of guys that once Lamelo's, you know, when he's healthy, when Rozier's healthy, like this, this team is much better than a lot of these other teams that are in the same group. I think it's, they've just not played well so far this year due to those injuries, but certainly aren't close to being, I mean, I like they, they healthy. They're a little bit higher than this, but there's still, I think, a cap on what they can be, and there are just existing roster limitations in place with them. Grisha? Yeah, so I uh, don't have much to add except the fact that I think... So I, I remember in the preseason uh, when we had Kostyan, I think Charlotte was one of the teams that jumped out to us with, like, where they perform performed so much worse in the preseason where I think our expectations for them should have been a little lower and it's kind of worked out that way. Um, but again, the Lamello injury is like a massive major caveat, but I do, I don't know. I, I do kind of think they should just throw in the towel this year. And, and um, especially with Lamello already missing a ton of games. Um, there's so many good teams in the league that like, you know, take one year off, get Wemby and then <laughs> you got two great building blocks. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more of an infrastructure in place with them versus some of these other teams. If they were to be really bad and then get Wemby, I don't think. I mean, it's not like a like the Warriors being really bad that one year and getting a high level pick, but it, this is a kind of like a mid 
level team that has had some injuries and has some roster issues that if they kind of lean into the tank, I think they have more upside for next season, just given what's around than some of these other teams in the same tier. Yep. That's the other reason where like, you know, they have like, it feels like they're much, they're definitely much closer than the other teams in this tier where, you know, they get a high pick and they could really kind of vault themselves up, especially because it feels like the last two years they've kind of topped out as a playing team. So you don't know that they have like the upside to get much better outside of, you know, what outside of LaMelo getting better, which, you know, obviously we, (laughs) that might happen, but uh, yeah. All right, uh, moving on to Orlando. Now, this is the last team in the bottom tier. Uh, They are 26th in our ranking. Uh, Orlando's got a lot of interesting, very big players on their team. Uh, It seems like Paolo's having a really good rookie year. Um, and, and there's definitely some, some more talent versus some of these other teams that are probably a little further behind in their rebuild. Uh, Tim, what do you see out of them? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Uh, caro has been solid. He looks like a future star. Franz Wagner has had a really solid year and he's adding to his offensive game and refining that and taking on more responsibility while defensively is being used as a wing stopper as he was last year. This isn't, you know, he, he's not someone that's being hidden on defense. So he's showcasing his two-way impact. Wendell Carter Jr. still has has some flash. I'll let Krishna talk about Bol Bol. Um, Mo, Mo Bamba is someone that I certainly have an eye on as a Lakers fan as to, hey, will they trade this guy? If so, he'd be interesting. But this is another team that, you know, uh, Paolo's missed time. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s missed time. Suggs has missed, I think, nine games, 10 games at this point. So they haven't had the whole group together a whole lot. But this is a group that I think, like, you know, check in two months from now, they can, you know, maybe find a little win streak here or there and be a fun, exciting team where you're just like, oh, wow, if you just add a couple more guys to this group, you know, they're not they're not good fun, but they're going to be like bad fun. Uh, and <laughs> and that's still entertaining basketball. I'd say this is a team that I'm interested in watching on League Pass. Yeah, uh, don't have much to add outside of like Bull Bowl's been pretty fun this year, I think. Like the biggest difference is like a few years ago on the Nuggets, you'd see him come in and you'd see him hit these like off the dribble threes and like flashes handles and stuff. And it would just always be flashes. And like, he was almost like a meme player where like he just came into the game and he'd be trending on Twitter immediately, but he never really made like any sort of like real impact or anything on the Nuggets, obviously. But like, it actually feels like this year he's making a real impact uh, on winning for the Magic. I mean, you know, to the degree that the Magic are, you know, you, you can be a in making an impact on a bad team. Um, and it does feel like he's doing that more this year. Yeah, it seems like the, the Magic are just like a more competitive team than these other. Yeah. Uh, I mean, none of these teams are particularly trying to win. I don't say Orlando's starting to try to win games. Um, obviously, these teams are all in various modes, versions of their rebuild. I think Orlando's probably the furthest along in their rebuild. Um, but I, there seems to be more NBA players on their roster, which is definitely a good thing. But that's going to round out the bottom tier. Again, we got the Spurs, then Detroit, Houston, uh, Charlotte, and then Orlando. Uh, so we're going to move up to the next tier, which is our 25th team. Uh, this is OKC. I feel like single-handedly um, SGA has just been fantastic. I think he's, in my mind, creeping into like top 15 player in the league because he's just been an unreal player, going to make the all-star team this year. 
Uh, Tim, what are you seeing out of them? Yeah, the, he's been a lot of fun. He's, I think, more established than any of the individuals we talked about uh, on the teams thus far. He He's having a good year. I think Lou Dort offensively has taken a step up, which has been exciting for him because he's always been someone that defensively, he's going to take on those tough matchups. Maybe a little bit overrated because he's always, you know, that the reputation there. Um, but he's he's had a nice year. It's a shame that, you know, Chet's out for this group. Uh, otherwise, he and SGA would be a lot of fun. I still don't know the nicknames for Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. Um, so <laughs> One of them is pretty good. <laughs> one of them is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know which nickname. Uh, but J-A-L-E-N Williams, uh, I've enjoyed what I've seen from him. Uh, I also enjoy, you know, Mike Kenrich Williams. I, I think he needs to be freed. He's 27. I want to see him play on a better team. Uh, cause he's, he's got some like, okay, role player stuff going on, but this isn't the group to really make the most of that, but he's been a good culture guy for them. Muscala hasn't really impressed all that much so far this year. He hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, Giddy's another one of those guys that like, kind of like Shankun where I'm like, I don't know if he's good or not. Um, just because there are certain <laughs> things that he's, he's like individual skills he's really solid with. And then others that just aren't where you want them to be. Uh, but this is another interesting team that like I don't mind watching games for and then also Poku's been used a lot more as a, a five this year and I, I think that's been a good fit for his uh his developing skill set he's given them some good like stretch big minutes yeah he's uh offered some some shot blocking and some three-point shooting and and some playmaking which has been pretty intriguing Krishna what are you seeing over there uh yeah it's just uh, interesting stat I kind of noticed with the Thunder is that they have the second highest shot quality on threes um so i thought that was kind of interesting and uh obviously i would guess that has a lot to do with like shay's uh shay drives a lot and he's just been outstanding and so he's definitely creating a lot of really quality looks on threes i don't know how much of that also has to do with the fact that they don't have a lot of shooting um and so i don't know if this is also uh a stat where it's like well you know, teams are mostly packing the paint, and so they're getting a lot of high-quality looks from three because they don't have a lot of good shooters. Uh, generally, that's not something defenses, like, control in, in the sense that, like, they don't... Like, defenses don't choose to leave shooters open for one team any different than they do for another team. Sorry, am, am I saying that right? Um, they don't... So, a defense... So, like, a top-five defense is not going to leave a shooter open more than like a, a bad shooter open more than like a bottom five defense. However, in this situation here, we're talking about a team, uh, the Thunder who um, are just bad shooting all around. So probably everybody is leaving their guys open. So uh, yeah, long story short, <laughs> they uh, that high shot quality on threes probably does have to do a bit with not having a lot of shooting. Sorry, that was a that was a long rant. That uh, long uh, long point to long point to get to say that they don't have a lot of shooting. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've kind of wondered about like it seems like they gave Dort a giant contract in the offseason and not giant but big for them. He's getting like sixteen mil a year over five years, which is a big investment. Obviously, uh, Shade Gilgis Alexander is an all star, 
understandable building block. I think he can be the best player on your team. And I don't, I feel like I need to like get more excited in my voice because what he's been doing this year has been absolutely absurd. Um, and then they have Giddy, who's kind of that third building block. I don't know how that's all going to work together. Like you said, from a shooting standpoint, because Giddy doesn't seem to be very good at shooting. And Dort also is not very good at shooting threes. So uh, like spacing wise for the team, I'm not sure how that works moving forward. Um, but Giddy's passing is like nearing wizard levels and he's like 21, which is crazy. I don't know if he can put the ball in the basket, but if he can figure out how to do it at least just decently, um, I think he could be really intriguing. Um, but let's move on to yes. the next. Oh. Oh. I, yep. <laughs> no, I just had one more. So I, I was just, uh, you mentioned the spacing. Um, and I remember looking at the, for guys over a usage percentage of 20 last year, I believe Shea had like the worst spacing uh, in the league around him uh, out of like all of the like kind of uh, star level creators or whatever. So, uh, and that's basically continuing this year. So uh, you could like uh, his season is even better when you take that into account. The fact that he just doesn't have any shooting around him. And as a team, I think that the like the seventh worst three point shooting team in the league. Yeah, not a, not a great combination if you're a star <laughs> with what you want to be surrounded by. Uh, let's go to the Knicks. They are at our 24th spot. Um, the Knicks, for me, have a good... They have a lot of NBA players on their roster. They don't have a star. Jalen Brunson came over, got a pretty good contract, and has been playing extremely well. But outside of that, I didn't really like the R.J. Barrett contract. It's tough in the NBA. This is like not the first version of the Knicks I've seen like this, where I'm like, okay, they have like five or six like legit NBA guys, but it's just so hard without like a true star. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I've seen I guess secondhand a lot of like their fan bases reacting to Tibbs to them not playing quickly more. Who's who's had a nice year to them being upset with Julius Randle. Uh, to Fournier not playing a whole lot, to uh, you know Barrett and the frustrations with him. I know Reddish has had he'll he'll have like four games in a row of like fine basketball, and then he'll like you know drop twenty five points on six for seven three point shooting or something like that. Um, they have a lot of interesting individual pieces. Uh, Hartenstein continues to do his good, you know, solid defense, limited offense thing. So he's been a, a nice boost for them. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I am not fully bought into this team. I know uh I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't I don't like they should be better than this, I feel like. Brunson's been been really exciting for them. Uh it's it's nice to see them have a lead ball handler like him and the pieces around him like th- like this team should be better, I think. So I I have questions on from a coaching standpoint, how they're like I don't think the offense is good defensively Tibbs isn't optimizing his players well and I don't think he has been for a couple seasons and I I think at some point here we're going to see maybe a coaching move because they should be able to do better than this I think Krishna um yeah I didn't have much to say on the Knicks outside of the fact that like they seem like the definition of like a league average team or something like that where like I think I saw a stat where like they have they're like seven and oh well this is like a little while ago where they were like seven and oh against teams with winning winning records and like 
0-7 against teams with losing records, and they had, like, a league average. This has all changed, I think. But, like, basically, they kind of seem like a league average team to me. But then when you actually rank the teams, they, they are not. And they're actually, uh, like, we all had them below average. So, um, uh, I think just kind of goes to show how, how talented the league is that, like, just looking at some of the teams that we have above them, um, or above them in terms of the tiers, um, I don't know that like any of them are that surprising outside of like maybe three or four teams. So um, I, I do feel like they should be a little better, but I'm also not that surprised at where they are, I guess. I should yeah. say just just because of how stacked the East is. Yeah, it, it's it is it is kind of they're kind of a strange team. They're a little directionless, which is is difficult. Um Another thing with the coaching change possibility, I, I just literally texted my friend that last night where it was like, how is this like there's enough offensive talent on this team to be consistently a problem night to night, right? So I, it definitely, Tim, I think you're mm-hmm. right there from an optimization standpoint it, of like something probably needs to get better there. I do think Tibbs is a good coach. I think he's really good at turning bad teams into solid, like medium, middle of the road teams because he is very defensive oriented and he's a fantastic yeller. Like he is a gifted yeller. And I feel like you, you when there's not a lot of structure, I feel like he brings a lot of structure, which is good. But now it's almost like, all right, it's time to pass the baton off to like, some sort of like like the jazz like the jazz's new coach seems like he's like really pushing the right buttons offensively uh something like you know the the young super sharp smart kid you plucked out of some random thing it feels like that's what the knicks need uh someone that's like a little ahead mm-hmm. of the curve there offensively right because Tib- tibbs was that guy defensively years ago and then other teams started icing ball screens <laughs> and that kind of away um it like he's never been the offensive guy defensively the league's caught up to him and i don't think he's had a next step uh we i've been toying around with like new defensive optimization ratings and there were a number of solid seasons some average seasons and then last year was like really poor for them and i would imagine this year once we get lebron up and running again it'll probably also not look so hot uh so i I can, especially for New York, I can see them not being pleased with the team's performance relative to to how they think they should be performing. They should be higher than this next team we're going to talk about. And actually, Taylor, you and I each have them higher than this next team. Uh, but Krishna had the the Wizards uh, a, a couple. Spots I just want to so. uh, butt in. Uh, I just wanted to give a stat on the Knicks before we move on. Uh, sure. So Tim, you were mentioning how they weren't kind of really being optimized, and their shot quality on both ends is like 20th and 21st, like offense 20th, mm. uh, defense 21st. I might have that mixed up, but basically, yeah, they're like exactly 20 and 21 on like both ends. So uh, not not great <laughs> process-wise. Yeah, uh, I mean, but this is, the Knicks have kind of been this way for a while as a franchise where it's like, I'm not sure this is the, best way to do it the way that you're doing it um but let's move on uh real quick we can do a lightning round on this this is the 23rd uh team this is uh washington they they have bradley beal um they have porzingis porzingis seems to be playing better of late 
And then again, I, I'm not exactly sure the direction that this team is trying to go in. Yeah. I, I like what Kuzma's been giving him this year. He's, he's been nice. Uh, Beal has missed some time, but he's been good when he's played. Uh, Avdia again, defensively has been solid, but offensively has left, you know, I would have hoped for more of a jump from him, I guess is how I would phrase it. This is another one of those teams that like has enough real players or has enough like above average players that like, they're not going to be close to a lot of the other teams we talked about recently. Um, but there isn't the like there's there's still ta- there from there's a talent gap between them and some of the the teams ahead of them. They're not going to be able to bridge that. But you know, like some of the people over there, shout out Jacob Goldstein, former BBI, former BBI podcast. Uh, Legend. He'll help them right the ship, um, and you know, continue adding to this team. Krishna. Uh, yeah. So in- interesting stat uh, regarding the Wizards. They're actually second in defensive shot quality. Um, So that means they're uh, forcing teams into bad shots. Um, And yeah, just uh, thought that was kind of interesting. Um, You know, they like, obviously that's a testament to like Porzingis, who's been really good. Um, But yeah, uh, outside of that. That's interesting. That surprises me, Krishna, because this isn't a group that has like a dominant rim protector it's not a group that I see as being like the most capable, versatile switching group. So I'll I'll have to watch a little bit more film on them defensively, because uh, that's that's not I, what I was I expecting. That's up, interesting. Uh, Porzingis's rim protection numbers, but I thought they were decent. Am I wrong there? Oh, uh, let me take a look. Gonna go grab something from the player profiles right now. Let's see. Yeah. Porzingis. Let's take a look at his interior defense. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Opponents are shooting 9.7% worse at the rim when he's defending them. That's 97th percentile. Uh, when you take into account his A-plus grade and in, in the rate of contesting shots at the rim, that plus the other A-plus is, you know, very nice rim point saved per 75 possession. So, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah, no, he's been, he's been solid. That's interesting because I don't know that he quite had – I feel like his reputation took a hit when he was in Dallas, and he's done a nice job in, in Washington uh, – you know, changing changing that brand a little bit. That's that's a good call out, Krishna. Yeah, he actually had a pretty good LeBron last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, he was one of the highest time. risers in the last like month and a half of the season. He rose a ton, like more than just about anybody. And he ended up finishing, I think, top twenty. It very much like a backdoor, like just kind of snuck in there. But it was too late into the year that I don't think the narratives caught up with it, and they were a bad enough team that people weren't paying attention. So that's. Yeah, he's he's been good, but in a way where I don't know that folks are realizing it as much or not caring because the team he's on isn't particularly good. Yeah, it's it's just hard to it's hard to make a splash on your kind of uh, overall impact in, in people's eyes when you're on the Wizards because it's just it's hard to get storylines going there because when you're not when you're a struggling team it, it's it's hard to, to get eyeballs on you. Moving on to Chicago at 22. Actually, Washington and Chicago were tied. Um, just Chicago, we're going to put above them. Uh, Chicago at 22. Uh, they're another team where, you know, they have they have DeRozan, they have Levine, they have some players, Caruso, but just uh, there's just not 
enough there. I think having having Lonzo Ball come back, be healthy, be where he was last year would really be a huge boost to this team. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, yeah, they're missing Lonzo. And they're also Vucevic, his rim defense, opponents are shooting 3% better at the rim than expected when he's defending them. <laughs> so they've missed, they're missing one of their best perimeter defenders, maybe their best perimeter defender. They whoa, already whoa, have whoa. several he's not Caruso. players. Okay. But he and Caruso were those two guys last year and they never seemed to both be healthy for long stretches at a time. But And then this is a group that has DeRozan, and Vucevic and Levine is three of their top four guys from a minute standpoint. Uh, Patrick Williams hasn't quite taken the leap people were hoping for. Or Caruso is a very good defensive player. Offensively is still limited and is someone that you want to feed high shot quality to, to get great results. And the Bulls haven't quite been able to do that. I'm not super bought in schematically to what this team is doing offensively. And I mean, they have some individual good players. I've seen a lot of angst around Zach Levine as an individual and his you know, ability to be a star, uh, which there's a lot of question marks about. Um, DeRozan still has some incredible shot making, but I, yeah, I don't, this this team is, they're, they're a couple, they're a piece or two away and they don't have the right fit of guys together. And the scheme isn't from my perspective where it needs to be for them to have a, a real good chance here. So I, I know my Lakers are up next and I, I think I feel good about them ahead of this team and the other teams we've covered <laughs> so far. Um, it, I, I know we're, we're we have the Lakers in this tier as well. This is our tier five, but I don't. I might have ended the tier right here. I think. Uh, yeah. So the only thing I I was gonna actually uh, make a correction. Uh, we had Washington and the Knicks tied, and we had the Bulls one spot ahead of those two teams. Oh, okay. Good correction. Mm. Um, yes. Okay. And outside of that, I don't have anything to really add on the Bulls. I will say, I think DeRozan, he signed a three-year contract as a free agent. This has to be one of the best returns in terms of impact of a contract of uh, a veteran player I I can remember in the last few years because I feel like he has been dynamite, has exceeded all expectations, and played really well last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Another thing with Chicago, one last note from me, they've played, I think I have it here, based on what Krishna put together, the second hardest strength of schedule this season. So from a team result standpoint, it could look better if you know they had gotten a Minnesota-type schedule or a Denver-type schedule or a Clippers-type schedule. They've they've been you know put in much, much more difficult situations. So I guess they get a little bit of a boost there. And that's, that's why my ranking of them saw a little bit, bit of a boost, just because you know, we're seeing them need to take on tougher teams than some of these other uh, teams around them. Oh, uh, also did have one stat to mention regarding the Bulls. Uh, They are generating the third highest shot quality on threes, uh, which I thought was interesting. And again, to me that uh, I'm I'm kind of more wondering if that's just because they don't have a lot of three-point shooting, uh, like the Thunder who were second and the number one team in, in, Highest shot quality on threes, the Lakers are our next team. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, Me and Tim obviously spend a lot more time watching them. (laughs) Um, I think the Lakers have, you know, well, I'm going to go with the bright spots. AD, 
so here's I, I I feel like I talk about my back a lot on this podcast, but back injuries really scare me. And AD came in early in the year. He had a back thing. He was reaching for it a lot uh, during games, which is re- like that really makes me nervous. Also, playing through injuries is difficult and playing through back injuries, especially uh, that those are things that can really nag and last for a long time. But he has been absolutely dominant the last few weeks he has been playing at a really high level kind of the ad of old and a little bit of a different style but in terms of impact it's been fantastic um so i'm just going to talk about the bright spots and i'm going to throw it over to tim yeah if you would have told me the bubble title year right after the lakers won the title that this season you know a couple years later ad would be used the least diversity of his career from you know, a guarding position to position standpoint, and he'd be used least versatile of his career from a coverage standpoint, I would tell you you're not using him right. But that's what the Lakers have done with him this year, and it's been the right thing for this team. They don't have a good defensive roster around him, but he is an elite rim protector. And by pretty much only playing him in drop coverage and keeping him around the rim, not switching him a whole lot, they've had much, they've had a lot fewer possessions where you know, he's off, you know, he contained his guy at the three-point line and then they swing the ball and then someone else drives to the rim and scores uh, against, you know, the power forward in the lineup of Austin Reeves or Pat Beverly or someone who's, you know, not 6'10 or 6'11 <laughs> or 7 foot or even 6'9. They're playing a lot of like one big lineups and in those situations you need to keep AD around the rim. Otherwise, it's just way too easy to get to and score at the rim. So in that way, they've done a good job utilizing him and he's turned that into really good returns. There aren't, there isn't anyone else out there producing the the level of like blocks and steals that he is. The rim protection data looks good. I would imagine the the advanced defensive impact data looks good. He looks like a defensive player of the year caliber, you know, conversation guy. I don't know that he would get it as of right now. I think Brooke Lopez has had a really, really good season, but he's certainly surrounded by worse pieces and has put up great performances and led the Lakers to, I think, their first or second ranked uh, defensive uh, uh, team in a half court. Um, looking at this team big picture, they don't have a whole lot of good players. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, trades off between like a couple okay games, a couple awful games, and then like re- one really good game, uh, which makes it a really fun experience on Twitter, <laughs> you know, discussing with his fans. Austin Reeves has been someone who's taken a step up this year. They're giving him more responsibility and, he looks like an exciting young developing guy that can do some things on ball, off ball. He's good offensively. He's good defensively. And you can't say that about a whole lot of guys on this team. LeBron has taken a step back. He looks older. He's now going through guys rather than trying to go around them or over them. And so his style has changed a bit. He's still effective, but he's, I think this is the first year we've reached where AD is the number one guy from an impact standpoint. And that's an interesting transition. And, this team, I think, is still searching for some answers, but they are generating great shots schematically. They're doing fantastic, phenomenal things in the half court offensively. I've, like you mentioned earlier, I'm logging all these plays. I'm tracking all the set plays. I have them all diagrammed. I'm tracking the, you know, shot quality and all that on which sets they're running. And they've done a much, much better job with that. So even if this team this year doesn't make a trade to like raise their ceiling, I think they've got a good foundation moving forward potentially with some of the individuals with the coaching staff, but I, I don't know. They play Milwaukee tonight. I think they might get their butts kicked because right now, big picture, I don't know that they're all that great of a team, but they did go through, they had an interesting schedule 
situation where they started with like a really, really tough schedule for like October and then November they had the easiest schedule in the league. And now in December they have the hardest schedule in the league. So <laughs> it's, it's tough to know exactly how good they are because they've either played like insanely difficult matchups or really, really easy matchups. And it, you know, it's a, that's just a weird way to have your season full, uh, you know, play out. Uh, so I, I just, I'm I'm going to obviously leave the Lakers expertise to you guys, but I would just, I just wanted to butt in with like the Lakers have the second highest uh, offensive team shot quality and they are 10th uh, on defense. So uh, good process from a shot quality standpoint. Yeah, I think uh, also calling out Austin Reeves, I think he's becoming one of the better role players in the league. He's a good defender. Um would like to see some more defensive playmaking, but just as like a playing sound defense, really good there. And then his the same thing with his rookie year. And then this year, his tough two shot, uh, two, two point shot making has been extremely impressive. Um, and whether it's finishing around the rim, kind of pulling up, hitting like one handed faders, like there's a lot of things that he's been doing that has kind of been like, wow, I actually went back and watched some of his college tape doing the same thing in college. And uh, it's translated extremely well. Um, any Anything else, uh, Tim, on the Lakers before we move on to Minnesota? Yeah. If you're interested in more of my Laker thoughts, go go follow me on Twitter at Tim underscore NBA. Go listen to the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast because there are hours and hours and hours of coverage there. I won't. I won't spend any more time on this pod, but I think we've covered them well so far. It was weird. I was actually, I was listening to the latest episode of the Lakers, uh, your Lakers podcast yesterday. And then you called me on the phone and it's very weird to go from listening to someone to then talking to them. (laughs) It's a really (laughs) weird thing that, uh, all right, that's going to wrap up the first third here. We made it through teams, uh, 21 through 30. So the last third of the league, we're going to cut this up into three parts. It's going to be a three-parter because it was like three hours and 45 minutes, something absurdly long. So that's going to do it. Uh, I'm Taylor for Tim and Krishna. Thanks for tuning in to part one of our first ever Basketball Index Power Rankings, and we'll see you on the next podcast.